Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast, episode 23. I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Brenna Asplund. And I'm Andrew Frick. How's it going? Good. Hi, guys. It's going pretty good. Good, I'm, good. I'm personally very tired. Oh, yeah. Because, so you did your D&D yes. campaign. So or I no, Pathfinder. Pathfinder, yeah. So I stayed up till 4 a.m. Monday night preparing for the game because oh, I'm the... I'm the GM, so I had to set up. A, I'm inventing an entirely new like campaign and everything. I'm not using any any like, book modules. or module you could. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm just making it up myself. So I was I was up till four a.m. like rolling NPC character sheets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> then then last night we had our first game session, which uh, went from seven to eleven thirty. So. Oh, well, at least it didn't go past midnight. It was kind of long. It didn't go past midnight. (laughs) Although that that can be very tiring. Yeah. And it did go past midnight for some of our players because we're playing it online. Yeah. And so there's a lot of different time zones. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. So I felt a little bad for the people who were were ending it at like 1 a.m. for them. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, sorry. You got work tomorrow, guys? (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely, I guess this is, we're already jumping into games played because that's what I'm talking about. This is what I played this week was this Pathfinder game. It's an interesting challenge because I have exactly ten player characters. Oh, man. All of them showed up then. All of them showed up. Yeah. Uh, We had the full ten players. It was especially a unique challenge because, like, more than half of those players, like, there's only maybe two or three that have ever played a tabletop RPG before. So they're all new, oh, not only really? to Pathfinder, but to tabletop RPGs. I'm going to go on a limb and guess that they didn't have their character sheets ready. No, they were doing them last second. Yeah. There were some of them didn't have a lot of stuff on it. Uh, a lot of them, like, had not really even read the rules that thoroughly. Like, they didn't, like, some of the basic combat stuff, they didn't know how it worked. So there was a lot of rules explanations. There was a lot of, like, figuring out fiddly stuff. Yeah. So there was a, it was slow going and there were some awkward moments, especially because I, I split them up into three groups for a lot of the session. So there was, they were lost in this maze. So there were several smaller groups running around doing different stuff. But then I kept brought them all back together in the big group of 10 and even a couple of NPCs for like a big battle at the end of the session, <laughs> just rolling initiative and figuring out turn oh, order for that gosh. was a nightmare. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to figure out some sort of formula or something that I can really quick run, roll all 10 initiatives. Cause that is just yeah. not very viable. I can just but... imagine that battle. Like, okay, uh, your turn. Okay. Uh, your turn now. <laughs> yeah. You need to have somebody no. who helps manage the turn order. Yeah, no, that's what I've, I've got a couple of my players were helping me out with some of the basics. Like my brother was playing and he knows the rules really well. So he was helping with rules questions. There's uh, one girl in the group who kind of likes more of the like fiddly record keeping stuff. So she's like, oh, I can make a spreadsheet of this real quick. Just <laughs> let me. So that was nice. And I think I've, I learned a lot from the session. So I think there's a lot of things I can do to make it run more smoothly last time. I mean, next time. But uh, I think there were still really good moments. Like, people were laughing and having fun. Yeah, Uh, awesome. It was really funny because one of the groups early on got attacked by just a weasel. Just like, just a normal weasel. (laughs) A weasel. (laughs) It almost killed them. (laughs) It was three three player characters versus one small weasel almost. They would, like, 
went through several rounds of combat just swinging and missing <laughs> this weasel that was attached to one of the other characters. Awesome. It's but so then, like level one RPG characters right? are like, you like blow and they die. Like, <laughs> but then, but then my, they die. my big, my big boss battle for them that they all came together to fight was a couple weasels and a big or big old dire weasel. Oh, nice. Had to fight. That weasel. Was, nice. That was fun. They did manage to, kill that one oh, eventually yeah. but it was like funny all ten of them like hacking the yeah well and one <laughs> the of the giant weasel and yeah. one of the characters like did one attack that took out the two little weasels that the other three oh. characters couldn't even take out one of them <laughs> on their own so <laughs> yeah so brenna about this when you're doing this um you're at a computer and you're playing online like through a headset yes. and such so do you have access to like see all the players character sheets and then like be able to quickly like flip change through them like page through them or how does the, it work try to so, visualize how that'd be hard with 10 players yeah so we're using uh roll 20 which is an online sort heard of software I've heard it's system. really good one for that too yeah it's got like sort of a map out front and i created different tokens for all the characters so okay. that they can be out on it although i didn't do like really detailed maps which right. i think i actually probably should do next time it wasn't working very well with just the theater of the mind uh, with this many people, but uh, so you've got that map, and then yeah, you have a library that has all of the character sheets in it, uh, different notes like, and you can send them to specific players and without other players being able to see them. Oh, that's neat. I like uh, that. Which is neat because like I sent fog war to kind of like exactly, send secret messages. Exactly. Or something. So so the sort of the premise of this campaign is that they've all received sort of these uh clickbaity type letters that have invited them to this place to get the thing that they want most in the world. So I asked each of the players beforehand, like, what's the thing your character wants most in the world? And then wrote out this individual, like, clickbaity letter to stick in their <laughs> library that no one else can see. But they know it's so it's personalized. That's like, oh, come to the Golden Gardens and get this thing that we know you want most in the world. That's right. Your dad, your real dad is here and you can come meet him. Just come over. <laughs> it sounds like uh, that scene in Time Bandits in the end. Um, they find uh, Evil's lair. Like in, he's basically like the devil. And Have you guys seen this? No. I have, yes, but it's been yeah, a long time. And like, <laughs> they... Um, they get in this fortress and it's all dark or whatever and they're kind of stuck and they don't know where to go and all of a sudden this like light turns on and it's like you've just found the most amazing thing in the whole world and it's like this kitchen set nice like, <laughs> and this like cheesy music turns on and they're like running toward it like yes the most amazing thing in the whole universe and it's like this goofy kitchen set and, yeah no it's and they fun. run up to it and they catch him in like a cage <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no but so that's so that's the premise and that's sort of something that you can do with the software that's really cool yeah. the struggle with it though is that at least with my one single laptop monitor i feel like it would be a lot easier if i had double monitors but oh, yeah because you uh, got a lot of info you gotta look at because yeah right? and if i if i pull up a character sheet it's completely blocking the screen i can't see the map anymore i can't yeah. see any of the other character sheets i've pulled up it's really kind of hard to flip through them. That would be a lot easier if I had them physically in front of me. I could sort through them a lot better. And then so that you, was a struggle. Are you using a key to activate voice chat, like touch the button, or is it everyone can hear each well, other breathing and eating chips? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's more like what it is. Oh, it's okay. But we're we actually are using Discord rather than the built-in voice chat in the app. So oh, we're just yeah. using a different voice okay. chatting yeah. app. But yeah, it's the constant. The voice chat is on for everyone. 
And so that's why a, the secret messages are so needed. But yeah. you can't then but say, you, have, um, you can't have like a private conversation right there and be like, you really want to kill this other guy in the group. And everybody else is like, yeah. we can hear you. It's what, <laughs> you can do, what you can do, though, is that there there is a text chat, too. And okay. you can whisper to oh, the yeah. other players. So you can send cool. private messages to the other players that way. Got it. Cool. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So cool. there's some cool features. But yeah, we'll do, there's just some stuff we'll have to figure out to get it to go more smoothly. Yeah. next time but i think people still seem to have enjoyed it so nice i feel accomplished yeah that Good job. Uh, sounds like a huge job i haven't i have a big undertaking <laughs> yeah i haven't been a gm for years but even getting to eight people i remember was mm-hmm. i was when the night was over i was exhausted i was so <laughs> tired i yeah. was wiped out i'm yeah. still feeling it today <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure so I played a little game of Cyclades or Cyclades or however Cyclades or Cyclades or so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I it's a game I've played I think seven or eight times. Now I write down on this game I had written down all of my plays, and the last mm. play was in 2012. So it had been a long time. Mm. All right, wait. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. When you say you write it down, are you still writing it inside the box lid? No, I have a paper in oh, the okay. box. So you write on the okay. paper. Yeah, <laughs> keep it in there. I some some games I do write on the box lid. Uh, like some of my old games, like the the whole box lid is just covered in different games. Like Puerto Rico has like fifty games in it. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, and and so it'd been a long time, and we played it, and I. I was playing against Mallory and my brother Brandon, and I totally squashed them in about an hour, and the game was over. <laughs> They're nice. like, oh, man, you totally killed us. And then we, I looked at the list, and I had won every game I'd played except one. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and they had played it before, so it wasn't an experience, but it had been a long time, so... So are you just wishing that there was some sort of competitive, like, professional Cyclades league that yes. you could compete in and be a famous totally professional Cyclades player? <laughs> yes. Now, now the game, um, it's, it's a, I love the setting, and the art is beautiful, and it's, it's sort of a mythological Greek mythology setting, mm. and it's, it's interesting because it's, it's like a Euro bidding game mixed with, like, an area control yeah. uh, <clears throat> game. So you build up cities and you build troops, but every time to do everything, you have to bid. You have to like bid for the favor of a certain god. So like Hades will give you, um, no, is it like Poseidon will give you ships? Poseidon will give you ships, and Ares will let you Ares attack and you, move yes, units. And Ares will give you new, new troops. I'm thinking of Hades. That's in the expansion. That's expansion. Yeah, we yeah. played with that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there are other gods that let you do other things. And it's actually, it's a simpler game than I remember. The rule book, I went through it, it's like nine pages. And um, I remembered it being more complex than it is. I guess that's sort of There's a lot of nuance cream. in the movement and in the yeah. how things move, but, but you're right. It all is very it's a, intuitive. It's not a super complex game. It has these, it has these cards that are like uh, creature cards, and you can use them once, and they all have different abilities. Uh, the big overpowered one that people hate is... Uh, at Pegasus, where you can like, you get the card, you buy the card, and then you can attack anywhere. It doesn't just matter move your troops where. In you and just attack. pick your troops up and you like land on somebody. And the thing is, that person might have like, so to win. What's cool about the game is you don't need victory points to win. You just have to get to Metropolis. Which are buildings that you build. Uh, buildings, yeah. And uh, 
there are various ways to get there, but somebody might have built one and they're sitting on it and then you run in and they think they're safe, but you fly in with your Pegasus and then you take it from them and it feels so <laughs> maddening. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like it but, can be harsh. Yeah, but it's not a super long game. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, really, I, like it. I love it. I picked up the first two expansions. I may pick up that third one coming out for it, but I really enjoyed... Um, I got Kublacon in uh, San Francisco. Or, yeah, San Francisco. Um, we played a six-player game uh, with one of the expansions that let you play up to six, and it adds team rules. So two players, three teams of two, oh, huh. and you're playing with a partner. That sounds cool. Very fun. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, that lot. sounds really cool. I know there's a. I know my little sister would love that. My littlest sister. Yeah. Because. Like, oftentimes, when we play games, she always wants to be on someone's team anyway. Like, if it's a bit too complicated for her, she's eight years old right now, she still wants to be involved. So there's lots yeah. of times where you'll stick the little kid on someone else's team, even if it's not a team game. So it's kind of cool to actually have those rules built in. I like it, because there's two different yeah. armies, but you're, like, helping that one person, protecting them, or defending, or That's cool. throwing them out there to, like, bait, and then, like, coming around and, <laughs> and sneaking from behind to attack the enemy. It was a pretty neat experience. Yeah. It's awesome. awesome. Well, that's a great game. That's cool that you played it again. I like yeah, that one a lot. Yeah. Um, I had a chance. I had two game uh, nights or game sessions, I should say. Uh, one we did a power grid night, and mm. buddy uh, bought a bunch more maps, and he said, "Everybody come over. We'll do power grids." We had several tables, and we did multiple games of power grid with all these different maps. That was wow. a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, did you yeah. have power grid themed snacks? No. Little had, power grid sugar cookies. We had empanadas yes. from an oh. empanada restaurant. Oh, so that's good. I would say that's probably not very powerful. <laughs> white. Yeah. They had little lightning bolts on the empanadas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then um, the other uh, thing, the very next morning, uh, we did a, um, we played games at my place, and we played two, I guess, I don't know if we can say this, are classics, but they're both from uh, classic game designers. We did um, Taj Mahal. By Reiner Knizia. Reiner Knizia is one of the fathers of gaming. I don't know if he's the <laughs> grandfather of gaming because that's Sid Saxon. He gets yeah. that like reserve spot. But Reiner Knizia is definitely one of the most prolific game designers. He's done. He used to. I used to be able to say over 400 different games he's designed. He probably is at the point where you can say over 500 games he's designed. Wow, really? Uh, of hobby games, and he's been nominated three or four times for Game of the Year. So this is a very He's got yeah. some great designs. And then I played... He, now, he yeah. is one of my favorite designers. So. Yeah. I have to say, too, I don't like every game he's done. But, no, but, but... Because they're not the most thematic games, right? No, they're not. But we will argue and, or te- we'll say that Reiner Kings games have very tacked on themes, but they're so elegant. Yeah, they're games. just really well designed. And, they, and a lot of his games feel... You can feel the age of his games in that now the kind of games that we get are very... I mean, they're just different types of mechanics, right? Like we're yeah, common to see like style. spreadsheets with like tokens on spaces yeah. that you're spending the tokens off and doing things. Yeah. That's a very common thing, but like the style of how the games were designed feels older. But I'll tell you, it felt like a old glove that just fit <laughs> great. Like it, it has yeah. not it has aged really well. Yeah. And I kind of wish more games went back to the old like early two thousand, like two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six era where games like games made by Reiner Knizia Wolfgang Kramer yeah. and those that group of designers like I like their yeah. stuff a that, lot and that that style is a little out of style it is a, yeah it's in true. the industry like that it style is. of game is just not as popular that's it, right I mean that was the big thing back I remember when I was starting to get into the into board games that was that style was in yeah you know I maybe I was at the tail end of that style that was kind of when Dominion uh was about to get released and 
we were sort of moving into deck building, I guess. But yeah. yeah. So I played that one, Taj Mahal. And then I played the other game we did was called A Porta Nigra, which is a game by Wolfgang Kramer. Was a, and, but this is a newer game last year that came out from Stronghold Games. I guess it was number one in their new designer series. And it had mechanics resembling some of his older games like Tikal and Torres and Princes of Florence. And it was good. It basically is, there was four, it was like the board was split in four, and there's four different buildings you're building with all these different building spaces. And you had these little tower pieces that you just stack into these little towers. So they're all different height towers. And each of the four quadrants would score differently at the end of the game. Like some said it only had to be one building block high, and others needed to be three. And others, they could be anywhere from three to eight, and they would score based on the color of the brick that many times for that color of the brick. So if a white brick is worth five and you built it eight high, it was worth 40 points. Um, so there's all these cool different things like you could control, and some were just like a line, and whoever had the majority would get the you know bonus for first, and then whoever had second most would get once for second, but other ones were built in sections, and each section was scored individually. And it's just very cool. Like you, it just was very open. All these areas, you just kind of pick anywhere you wanted, but you have to get the right colored blocks and then move your little uh, Roman soldier to that section so that you could spend the blocks to build it in that building spot. It, it was interesting. It has a deck of like twelve cards, and each turn you draw. You'd start with two cards, and each turn you'd play one and then draw a new one, and you wouldn't get your whole deck back until you'd gone through all of them. So each card was different and had all these different actions. And you'd take these little markers and you'd place it on the card in each of the little spaces for the different actions. And maybe the card said you could do three actions this turn, but there was four actions on the card. So you'd have to choose, ah, oh, which three am I going to do? Which order do I want to do them? Another card might only give you two actions and it might have five things. So you're like, oh, I really want to do all these things, but I can't. So it, it, was, it was neat. Yeah. Um, but both games were... I won't go into too much detail about uh, Taj Mahal, probably for time, cut it short, but... Uh, I enjoyed both. I wouldn't say either was like my favorite game ever, but they were two games that usually are sitting on the bottom of the pile of games that I want to play. Yeah. And they got the the limelight for for a day to play, <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to play both of them. And now back to campaign games. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> now back to Shadows of Brimstone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So um, uh, let's see. Monday we will be launching a Kickstarter project for. Empires of the Void 2! Yes, it's a game we've been working on for uh, the last little while here. And we're really excited to show you guys the game and uh, get that Kickstarter launched. Yeah, so. I know a lot of people are already getting really excited. We have shared the official cover art already. Oh, yeah. So you can check that out on our Twitter or on Board Game Geek. You can go uh, see how that's looking. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm excited. With this game, I decided to sort of try a style that I don't always try, which is, I don't know, you'll just have to look at it and see for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been, I've been on the above and below style for a while, and I'm kind of, uh, trying some new things. In fact, I did another game, which I can't really talk about, um, that we'll release later this year, and, uh, that doesn't really fit into the above and below style <laughs> so well what do you mean by that more spe- like more specifically like when you say like the above and below style it, does that mean like the artistic style yeah yeah the artistic yeah the artistic style it's okay. more um it's like more cartoony i guess it's more influenced by my love of like uh, calvin and Hobbes and yeah uh you know simpler style i guess and, mechanically uh, it's very different too though oh sure yeah mechan- yeah because those are like more characters that you're assigning to do like like the little villagers in above right. And below right and near yeah, far not, has something like that too right and we're kind of moving away 
we're, we're not really using any of those me- mechanisms either in the new game. So yeah, I feel cool. like I yeah. feel like the, with the new game, you're going for more of a contemporary sci-fi look, like yeah. a modern sci-fi. Yeah, I, the Ryan Lockett take on whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the game about one of the mechanisms that we've been playing and one thing that we've been trying to incorporate in many versions of this game which is a follow mechanism so in the game the way it works is on your turn you get to choose an action and then all the other players they can either follow or pass and if they pass they can get some kind of they can get some resources so um if if i can interject here you know we were just talking about classic games and when i hear follow mechanism Immediately, the classic game that comes to mind, kind of of something along that line, would be kind of like the role selection of a game like Puerto Rico. Yeah. Where you like a person takes an action, and then like there's like a you know they they choose a tile, and everyone else can follow in that round whatever that tile they took. So maybe there's you know Puerto Rico has eight different tiles, and each person will choose one, and then and then everyone will follow on that action. Whatever ones don't get taken in the round, uh, you know there was like money placed on them for bonuses to incentivize them for later. But that's not quite what we're we're doing. So how is it different? Yeah, so it's different because um, I guess the main difference is that there's no there are no tiles that you select. You just have a list of actions and you pick one. And um, there's usually there's no bonus uh, except that you get to pick. Really, when you're going around the table, you um, being able to control what you're choosing is a big deal. That like that's almost a bonus enough to pick. So you get to pick that action, and um, these actions might be like move your ships, and if you move or your units, and if you move into an enemy location, you'll have a battle. Or play a card. You have these different action cards that have all these different events. Um, you know, you can use them in different ways. You might actually use the card for combat, or you might use it for adding influence, so you can get an ally. One of the aliens. You'll meet all these different aliens, and if you want to become an ally with them, you have to have the most influence. So it's it's interesting because the the choice of what we like about the game. I mean, I don't know what 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 have you guys enjoyed about this mechanism? So the most important, the like best part of this mechanism to me is that it really keeps everyone engaged through the whole game. So there's a tendency in a lot of games, especially at higher player counts, when it's going to be a long time until it's your turn, to sort of check out, like to have your own strategy that you're building. But when, when you can follow another person's action, you're highly engaged during everyone's turn because you are highly invested in what that person is going to do. You're like, is this person going to choose something that's going to benefit me? I really hope they choose this. I hope they don't choose why. Well, now that they've made that decision, should I get money? Should I reset? Like, should I not do this action or would this action benefit me even though this isn't what I wanted to do? Should yeah. I do it anyway because I have this opportunity? Right. It creates a lot of interesting choices during other players' turns that you can make. Right, right. And and what's interesting, yeah, is like you might not have chosen that particular action. Um, and so it's not as it's not the perfect action for you, but you might want to take it anyway because it's available. But you have to decide, oh, should I do that even though it's not the best thing? Or should I get the money? You know, I, I need some more money. So you'll collect money. And so stuff. you can build up for another yes. action that then when you do that, you'll have more money to be able to do more, to buy even more units or right. to, to do something else. And Or do you think maybe it's Ryan's turn. I go next. Ah, you know, Brennan's going right now. I think Ryan on his turn is going to move. And if he moves, 
I've spent all my commands. So my command points that I, can, that I need to spend to move are done. So Brennan's got an action I really want to do right now. She's drawing cards and I need, I'm out of cards. But if I pass right now, I can reset my command. So if Ryan chooses to move, I will have my command ready so I can follow up on the move and be able to move. And otherwise I would have had to pass on his action. And then once I've moved, now I'm in a great position. So on my turn, I can build, which is what I wanted. So that, so you don't know, Ryan, yeah. you could do something completely different that I wasn't intending, but at least I've, you have to make those kind of choices. Like yeah. it's really like you have to really weigh like how much do I really need this? Well, I kind of need to go with the secondary option because I know that by this point, if this doesn't happen in this order, I'll be very, you know, be, it'll, it'll, I'll be up the creek, right? Yeah. So, so it's yeah. great. And those kind of, I wouldn't say it's agonizing, but there's some great decisions having to weigh the balance and the, the importance of certain choices that create so many permutations of differences that um, a normal game where I take my turn and I could just plan four turns out, you take your turn, you can plan four turns out. There's not as much interaction. Yeah, we'll have I mean, a lot of the same kind of replayability, but because there's this layer of of almost I wouldn't say betting or guessing, but like having to try to plan and kind of plan off the the reactions of the players. Yeah, adds more interesting choices, I think. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> I mean, we were trying to avoid that thing where you know I know I know what my next eight turns are going to be. And nothing that you guys do in any way will affect what my next eight turns will be. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I I own some games like like that, and I enjoy them. But for this game, we were going for definitely more of a an interactive experience. Right. Yeah, and in this one, you really can't have it. You really can't have it that way, where there's eight turns where nothing anyone else does is going to affect you, because everything everyone else does is going to affect you. Right. Because it gives you different choices and different options or doesn't give you different choices that you yeah. might have wanted like it it directs you in different ways based on what the other players are doing yeah uh, i also wanted to mention that it creates sort of an interesting tension at the end game yeah when you are considering not only well how is this action going to benefit me but also how is this action going to benefit other people do i want to take yeah. this move action <laughs> As my final action, go over because and get this thing. They then everyone be able else, to go and move they can and also move and get. He might attack me exactly. later. And yeah, 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 it's interesting. And that's not to say the game is totally tactical. There's a lot of strategic, long-term things you're thinking yes. about too. Um, but uh, so there's sort of a balance of turn-to-turn -turn, uh, choice of what action you're going to pick, and then you have these long-term things you're trying to do. Yeah, but, uh, I like that. And you know, a lot of you know people who played games for a long time and. And you can appreciate all these different game designers out there. I, I remember reading a, a designer diary. I think it was from Bruno Cathala, the guy who does Cyclades that we were just talking about. And he talked about, you know, the best games really need to mesh or balance tactics to strategy. Or the most accessible games or the most replayable or long-term experiences will have some sort of balance between those two. And I'm yeah, sure I people can, can argue, you know, why that's true or why that's not true. But I think what he's trying, what was the point being arrived at is that if you know everything that you're going to do all the way out, <clears throat> it's the uh, point of entry for new players. It's, it's a big uh, a hurdle, right? You know, yeah. to, to get, to jump over uh, an experienced player is going to be much uh, way ahead, you know, and then that's very penalizing to someone new against an experienced player. And on the other hand, if you have just tactical kind of gameplay, well, you're going to be thinking, well, it doesn't matter what I do on my turn. I can just, whatever happens on my turn, I can plan on my turn without having to think ahead. And so 
I think the the balance between those th two things, having some randomness, because you so you can't plan for everything, but having some control, I think that's that's where yeah, it's a difficult balance. Difficult balance, um, and games have different balances of it. Yeah, <laughs> and so. and people can argue about different uh, levels of randomness and what they like in a game or not, but I personally think that it's a really interesting type of randomness when it's based on other players' decisions. Yes. Uh, not that we don't have any other types of randomness in this. There are some dice. There's some, there's <laughs> sure. some in, in fights, there's some m mitigation for that as well. But it's really interesting when the things that you can't predict are the other players that you're going up against, not just sort of random chance. Right. That's true. I agree with that. But I also wanted to talk a bit about sort of the development of this mechanic because we went through several different iterations of it. We've talked on the podcast before about how many different versions of this game there have been. Yeah, uh, I, the folder is called 23, Empires of the Void 23. So Yep, that's so that tells you a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but one Are of we going to have Kickstarter backer levels? If we get high enough, we'll, we'll do... We'll all the different, every all version. the versions, the older yeah. versions. Yeah. <laughs> not really, no, not folks. Not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold us to that. No, but one of the earlier versions that we played a bit uh, at the end of last year, I think, was when we were yeah. messing around with that one. Had an early version of the, this follow mechanic, so it was the first, the first prototype of the game that had something like this follow mechanic. And how it worked was that you had these like a whole set of cubes that you would spend to do an action to follow someone else's action. Uh, right. And you could get more cubes throughout the game so that you would have sort of more freedom before you'd have to reset your cubes and put them all back. But you could only follow someone's action if you had one of those cubes. Yeah, that's right. And that version of it was also, there were some more mechanical differences than that, but that was a very sort of a heavy Euro game version <laughs> yeah. of the game. And that particular mechanic felt really punishing to me in that game. Like, it yeah. was hard to navigate. Like, it was really brain-burning. Yeah. But then in the newer version, after all the tweaks we've it's gone through, I now think it's really fun and, like, really freeing. Like, it doesn't feel restricting. It feels like it's giving me stuff I can do rather than, like, forcing me to do stuff or... Uh, giving me stuff that I can't do. Yeah. And I think a big part of that, I think one of the changes that made this really work was that instead of having a set of cubes that you're spending to follow the actions, we have sort of a command track yeah. where you have one cube where you're tracking your ability to do stuff. And even then you're only spending command for certain actions. So some actions will require you to spend that command and move that around on the track some actions you won't have to do that. Maybe you'll need money to be able to build something, but you don't have to spend the command. Yeah. Or it's just an action that you can do anyway. So with with those changes, suddenly the mechanic that felt kind of harsh to me the very first time yeah, we played with you it, saying, I, I didn't like, like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Yeah. If I remember right, in that version, if you if you couldn't follow, um, you got no, I mean, it was, you got nothing. You got nothing. It was that was it. And that's another difference is, like, now you can follow. Yes. Or if you if you pass, you get something. There's several, yeah. like, we call them, re I don't know, they're not called reactions, but they're essentially are, when you pass, there's several pass. Passing actions. Actions. Pass actions. Yeah. Yes. So you can follow their action or you can pass, 
and take a number of different actions as a passing action. Yeah. And those pass actions are, are as essential as part of the game as the normal actions. Like, the only way to get income in the game, yeah, well, one of the main is you have to pass and yeah. choose that as your pass action. Right. And so these but are it, really good choices you have yeah. to be faced with. Yeah, so in, so in the version, in the official final version that we're putting out, it now feels a lot freer, a lot less punishing. You always have options of what you can do, and they're all good options. Like, it's decisions between uh, good things that will help you in your strategy, but you're trying to decide which one is going to be the most helpful to you at that moment. And that's an interesting decision space to me. That yeah. doesn't feel harsh. Yeah. I want to add one last thing, too. And, Ryan, you already mentioned this, but I just want to kind of emphasize it in a different perspective, spin on it. You know, you said that there are a lot of games out there that you like, that we've played, that you can... How do we describe this? Maybe help me with how you said this, but, like, you can play your own game and do multiple turns, play your own game on your own board yeah. and not interact whatsoever eight turns in without having any interaction with other players. Right. And um, I don't, you know, we're, we don't have a criticism per se to say about that, but I think it's important to note that this mechanic that we're talking about, this following mechanic, I think resonates with us. And one of the reasons that's been driven to the forefront of how this game came along was because... This is very much uh, a departure, and I wouldn't say it's a countermeasure, but it's a departure from uh, games that have that. Everyone does their own thing, and there's very little interaction, and it's taking maybe that strategy element and mixing it with this ability. So, so this has become kind of the center of the game in my mind of like the mechanic because it is so different. Yeah, from and that's a lot sort of, of what sets it apart. It sets it apart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I definitely know the appeal of the game where you can you know your eight turns in advance because there's something so satisfying about having a lot of control uh when you're playing a game i i totally understand that you know you want you you like having that plan in your head and you know nothing's going to mess it up um but uh you know this game is sort of a little different than that, and that's kind of what makes it unique. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and just, Absolutely. And just real quick, I want to mention, we did, just in the course of our playtesting, we tried it once. Oh, we did try... We did, we did um, normal turns. Yeah. Just everyone gets no to following. make a decision. of No following. Everyone just makes an action. Yeah. Immediately. We're all like, no, this is bad. <laughs> no, we don't. This isn't good. Yeah. Like, we For, we for the game, all, it wasn't right. For this game, yeah. it for was this game, not it right. right. After having played it the other way, like trying it, trying it without the follow mechanic, just it was an instant negative response from all of us. That was a unanimous decision yeah. that like, no, playing the, the follow yeah, mechanic is like, better. No, this, this isn't good. <laughs> it's not as good. It wasn't as good. Yeah, but who knows? Our next game, you will be able to do eight turns and not pay attention <laughs> to anyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, um, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us uh, this week. Please visit our website, redravengames.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at RedRavenGame. Visit our Kickstarter project, uh, Empires of the Void 2, on kickstarter.com. Which launches on, uh, it's let's see, it's Monday the 27th, 27th of, yeah, February. of February, 2017. What, <laughs> what time on Monday? Uh, 9 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. 9 a.m.? Yep. 9 a.m. Nice. Yep. So 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, Monday, February 27th. Keep an eye out for Empires of the Void 2 on Kickstarter. Also, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Brenna underscore Asplund. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at enderfrick one um, I am learning to use my Twitter more and more. But if you ever want to just chat about games with me, I also check BoardGameGeek every day. And my BoardGameGeek username is wispwalker. So you can uh, uh, add me as a geek buddy if you'd like. Yeah, and we'd like to thank uh, Fluid Volt for the use of our theme song, Doggy Goes Moo, off the album Clay Memories. You can find uh, more of Fluid Volt's music on soundcloud.com slash fluidvolt. All right, everybody, have a good week and play some awesome games. Thanks for listening. Nevermore.